community leader, entrepreneur, and co-founder of Barberhood. Fitz, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to have you here now. Fore. Thank you so much for coming onto our show. We really appreciate it. Um, I can't wait for today's ep, guys. It's going to be mean. How was your day today? Yeah, it was good. It was a good morning. Um, did, a, did, did a few things um, before I start my day. That's all good. Should we just jump uh, straight into the talk of the day? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. We just jump straight in. Straight yeah. in, bro. Let's I, go. I don't know if you're ready for this, uh, for this fits. Shy I know, so, yeah. I know what, what, what have you got to discuss here? All right, all right. Okay, so my talk of the day, nothing really. Uh, actually, no, it's pretty serious. So there's been some pages going up on social media. Social media, man, it's evolving every day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a bunch of pollies, no names. Um, created a page and on Facebook, and it's called "Do We Have the Same Boyfriend?" Oh right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that going around. Yeah. yeah, hundreds of girls on this page just exposing dudes who they feel are maybe promiscuous in the way that they message yeah. um, certain people, <laughs> and they're exposing people. And there's girls on it like, "Run, I know that dude. We flirted back in like blah blah blah, whatever." 1987. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> this group is run by a lot of women. Polly woman and Auckland based, let's yeah. say that. Yeah. But it's not restricted to Auckland. And then we also have um, a Discord page of anonymous poly men who are sharing the nudes of girls from OnlyFans and girls they just talk to from like Tinder or yeah. just girls they pick up on like social media. And they're sharing private leaked um, footage. Footage. And photos. And photos all on social media. Don't ask me how I know about this. Yeah. This is so I'm gonna weird. ask you, how do you know about this? Look, I've I've been part of these Discord pages and I was just like, oh, oh what's this? <laughs> You're gonna cancel me? Yeah. Cancelling you I right now. Start the thing. Okay, no, 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 go, go. You I got was more just, experience. I was just on there, but then like I saw what it was and I was like, nah, the same for me, so I left. Because mm. it's you know, it's infringing on trust yeah. that you have that mm. you know. People won't uh, leak uh, this footage online. Um, yeah, and it's just gross. But at the same time, it's just like, you know. I don't know. It's complicated. It's all complicated what my view is on this. But guys, don't leak those nudes. Women... Make sure you properly vet the dude before you <laughs> start messaging him up and all that sort of stuff because, uh, yeah, we know Auckland's a small place. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, everyone knows everyone. What are your guys' thoughts on it? Well, I myself, I only just heard about it, mm. but I didn't even give it the energy, to be honest. Like, yeah. um, I didn't even give it the energy to even search it. Mm. But it did come through my through one of my um, posts. I saw it went up and follows after one day. Mm. But then it's... It's a, it's also a generational thing, like for my, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's more towards the, the mid twenties. Yeah, mm. it like, is. It's a lot of youth and young. Yeah, people. and mm. it it shows where the where our boys are going and where their minds are right yeah. now. Like, where's the respect that mm. we have for our women? 
because that's Straight number up. one. Yeah. So the fact that we've got these pages, it shows that our boys are losing what they call masculinity because to be a real man, you got to respect your woman. First of all, you don't send nudes or share the nudes, but even before that, the girl has to respect herself for not even sending nudes, you know? So mm. everyone in that space can just blame themselves. Well, I don't want to say it like that, <laughs> but everyone in that space needs to sort of... Um, everyone's at fault. Yeah, everyone's at fault, but, like, what what's causing it, mm. you know? Like, it's all good to talk about the problem, but what's the solution? Like, I know we're jumping the gun, but the fact that, you know, boys are doing the stuff it's a, it's a no-no. I've got a 12-year-old son. I wouldn't even, like, I'm, I'm bringing up my son to be a man. So I wouldn't even expect them to be sending nudes, asking for nudes, Amen. you know. Yeah. Like, that's the talk that we really need to talk about. So rather than, I'm not trying to shoot the topic, mm. but the topic that we should be talking about mm. is how do we better the guys in that space how do we better the girls in that space mm. should we create another page that like we should be promoting those those pages like say for example kiwi daddies like you know that that mm. page is about kiwi daddies in australia bringing men together talking about mental health a place to a safe space to That's you know so although it is a topic to talk about this we should be not highlighting it because mm. all we're doing is adding fuel yeah. yeah to the fire to bring it to light mm. you know what i mean yeah mm. so that's my perspective yeah. on it but because we're all different ages yeah so, yeah now i agree with you on that yeah. one sorry for bringing some guys no no it's all I, good i just felt like it was um that's it the underlying like you're pulling it from the roots now like you're saying nah there's a bigger problem at hand you know we have our younger boys and like i have a daughter she's like five that's the first thing i want to teach her like as much as we like to imagine this world to be a utopia where we send stuff and it's going to be safe. It's not going yeah. to be like that. Yeah. yeah. So we have to teach our kids, like, this is how you, you know, safely engage with people online, what not to send. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, maybe, like, also there's, like, a societal thing now. It's become, like, normalised to say things like side chick, side dude, yeah. sneaky link. Yeah. All what this is sort that? of stuff. Like, you know, all it's these It's like things. dating culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's our dating culture. Maybe we need to switch that up as well. For sure. Yeah, like for you example, yeah. for example, me and my friends in, in my circle, mm. we all have partners for over 10, 15 years. Bon. You know, so me and my wife, we've been together for 20 years. That's, that's, that's mm. common though. That's common in me and my circle. Mm. You know, long-term long relationships is yeah. common, but it doesn't get spoken about because it's not entertaining, mm. you know? True. So it's really up to that's, us. That's yeah. beautiful. So when we speak off camera, right. we're, we're always highlighting all the good stuff. But mm. it's it, the stuff that people want to see is in a 20-year relationship. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's not until they go through the drama and then they want to know, oh, what was your secret? Right. It's like, hey, get the secret now so yeah. you can start it at your one day instead of... Like It's like being like unhealthy relationships and stuff like that isn't yeah. something that's glamorized yeah. in our society. But it's mm. it should be glamorized. Yeah, and for yeah. sure. But it is like so like say when 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 you when anyone says I've been in a relationship for fifteen years, everyone will go, Wow, congratulations. So why isn't it congratulated on camera? 
You know what mm. I mean? Mm. Right, right. And and for for us mm. or for people, because you guys have power, uh, uh, influence power. Yeah. So it's really up to you guys to put that Oof. on here. You I know learned what I mean? something that, today, that's a guys. Responsibility. I really learned mm. something today. Yeah, same. Mm. You guys want to hear about my talk? Yes, that's <laughs> what I'm waiting for. Oh, uh, so uh, I got caught out on TikTok. <laughs> Not the, like it was like a backhanded compliment, which is so weird. So it was just this dude who commented on one of Oosgang's weight loss videos. Shout out to Oosgang. Shout, Shout out to Oosgang. Mm. Proud of you, Oosgang. Um, so they said, congratulations, Oosgang, on hitting six weeks of your weight loss journey. To Unlike Isao Kawakimoto, who's been on day one for like five years. And I was just like... What? Yo. They mm. call me out. They're trying to bully me into being consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is, I mean, fair fair game. <laughs> Not fair game. Well, well, let's put it like this. I put myself out there to like with my weight loss journey and all that sort of you stuff. You did your SWOT analysis. I did my SWOT analysis. Uh, and I just need to be more consistent. But people don't get to see all the other stuff that I'm facing. Right. So, you know, I I post up that one minute workout. Uh sorry. So I post up that one minute video mm. from like a forty five minute workout. How are you gonna see my whole life in context when I show you peaks? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm. So yeah, just yeah, I just found it weird, guys. How did you feel when reading that comment? Well <clears throat> initially I felt angry. Mm. Uh, disappointment, disappointed in myself, but not directed at the person. But at the same time, I'm just like, they're right for calling me out, but you're not going to bully me yeah. into something that is my journey. Mm. And I will take my time 100. to do whatever I want. And you don't even know what I want. Mm. I don't even know what I want. But yeah, that's just me, guys. You guys want to say anything else about this hot off the press TikTok drama? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, you could look at it two ways. One way could be if it was in good intention, he could be thinking, this better motivate you, saw. But the other one that everyone should know is that it's just a reflection of himself. Mm. You know, he's just finding that escape mm. to make him feel better. Mm. And everyone knows that. Everyone knows when someone says something negative about towards someone else, it's just an escape. There's something internally of themselves that they yeah. need to work on. Mm. So Amen. that's always there, you know. Mm. But it's it's just showing empathy towards the guy, not not um, scooping to his level. You know what I mean? I think I kind of did stoop down to his level, but, but it, it's all good. That that that's growth within yourself, yeah. as long as you're self-aware and you can identify that. That way, when the, if it does happen again or something negative happens again, bro, no effect. You mm. know? Yeah. That means that growth inside of you mm. is is tough. You know what I mean? Man. Powerful. Who's going to want to speak after that? I know. <laughs> Did you Next receive topic. the therapy that you needed? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Yeah, it's just some of the stuff that I learned um, in the barbershop with some of the boys and, you know. Yeah. The stuff that comes through is so much. Right. You know, mm. So you have to learn how to mentally take it on. And yeah. So, and also some stuff that I've learned at Wananga's that I've attended mm. um, from my father's barber. 
He's mm. the author of She Is Not Your Rehab. Yes. Right. So yes. I've done a couple of wanangas with him. We it was a the first one that we went to, it was a two day, two night event. And it took me like me and my team that I went with, it took like three weeks to download. Oh right. Like this is like I went with I went to it and I came home. My wife was sitting at the table. I went, I sat with her and I just cried. Like, mm. it was that powerful. So when we went to it, it was like, okay, this is the kind of barbershop we want to be. So we brought that style back. And mm. that's why we do what we do. Because when we first started, um, we were trying to figure out, you know, what kind of barbershop we are. Mm. We like to do community work. And then within the first six months, the wananga came. And mm. then we, we attended it and we we're like, oh, yeah, sweet. This is what we want to do. We want to focus on men's mental health. We want to focus on our community. We want to focus on our barbers, our barber shop, right. you know, and bringing that style back to Auckland. Yep. Nice. Mm. You know, because Auckland, the, the, the thing with Auckland is it's so big and people get lost amongst society. Yeah, yeah, If that, yeah. If that makes sense. And yeah. you have to put on this front. Yeah. You know, you got to put on this hard front. Yeah. When yeah. really everyone just wants to connect. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like behind like all the masks, masks and yeah. facades, everyone just wants. And that's what we learned yeah. from there. That's why one of our policies, or not policies, but one of our, 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 what we stand by in our shop is when you walk into our barber shop, you leave your ego at the door. Mm. Nice. You know? Love that. That way, we're all equal, playing field. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're, the, the space, you can speak about whatever you want to speak about. Like, there's no, there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm. I like that. And everyone's the same. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah. Like you could get a multi-millionaire in there, CEO, but when he comes through that door, he's just that a human. Himself, yeah. He's just yeah. who yeah. he wants to be. That kid, you know. Yeah. Nice, man. If the world was like that, that would be the perfect world. <laughs> For sure. Mm. I think I might want to put that sign on our business door. Leave your ego at the door. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good business practice. I believe that. Because yeah, once you understand ego, yeah, and you can see it, yeah, then you understand the person, yeah, and then you sort of just ease off, and yeah. you just let them walk their own journey. Like, yeah. okay, you're going through something right yeah. now. As long as you understand, because yeah. you can't control exactly, yeah, you can't control things outside yeah. of yourself. Yeah. so you just control how you react. Yeah, mm. you gotta back off and just let them do their journey. Eh? Mm. They, they and it's hard. Mm. Yeah. It's hard. But that takes practice because that's part of your journey. Yeah. yeah. Like understanding that those people are just hurting and it has nothing to do with you. Um, and more often than not, they're just projecting. Mm. Yo. You know? Exactly. No, I'm just going to be angry. I stay angry at everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you know Deepak Chopra? Yes. Deepak Chopra. So Deepak Chopra, he hasn't reacted in 40 years, oh, which wow. means if his wife is angry at him and she shouts at him, he's so calm. Because he knows that she's going through something. Mm. She has to work on it. So that's that's a goal that I want to do as a human, as, as myself, is to learn to not react. Like mm. be so calm Damn. at any situation that, you know, you're just so chill. Yeah. You know, Like you look at those monks when things happen in, in crisis, they're so chill. Yeah. Because they're mentally, and they're, but they've been training for so many years. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That would be a nice like goal to like work towards. Mm. Yep. Man. Someone crashes into you, you just get out. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're so chill. Like, you, like you know? Yeah. Because it is what it is. Like, it's out of your control. Right. And what's happened has happened. 
doesn't matter what emotions you bring to it, the situation's happened. You mm. know what I mean? That's like complete surrender, like surrendering yes. completely it to the, like... It takes practice. Done. Oh, whoa. Nah, man. I agree with everything you say. Not not because I'm being a suspect on this podcast, but I... <laughs> not because I'm being a suspect on this podcast, but I honestly align with so much of what you're saying. But it, but, yeah. but it comes with age. Like, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you guys, so mm. I've walked 10 years further and learnt more than you. Mm. And then if I could just obviously speak on it here, then that brings your guys' journey a bit yeah. Yeah. faster I love to, that. The, yeah. to the knowledge. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. Appreciate it. Yo. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go into our quote of the day. Oh, quote oh, of the day. Yeah, you, you could share this one. Oh, yeah. Song. I was listening to J. Cole. Uh, so J. Cole says in one of the songs, my life is too crazy. No actor could play me. Ooh. Think on that. J. Cole said, my life is too crazy. No actor could play me. You know, the way I interpreted it is just, as a superstar, he lives a very hectic life. And mm -hmm. it's just a literal translation of it. You know, and he's encouraging other kids or other people. Like, don't try to be me. Be you. And be happy that you are unique and you are different from me. Mm. Um, and there's a bit of a double entendre in there as well. Mm. You know, life is too crazy. Actor, play. You know, yeah. a lot of people say life life is a play. We're all just actors in it. Mm. So, yeah, that's just how I interpreted it. But had me, had me in my uh, sitting there thinking, this man is very wise. I mean, <laughs> what, what do you think when you guys hear it? Mm. Man, that's J. Cole, eh? Like, mm. that's even too deep for me to have input on. <laughs> My mind is still trying to process the, the lines. I'm trying to like, process that. He's the man. He, and he's the same age as me. Like, mm. I think he's 38 now. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So, you, you, like, you listen to these, like, these older guys and then you listen to the ones who are older than us. Mm. Like, yeah. the talks, the talk changes as you get older. Yeah. Or mm. oh, he's saying... No, no actor could play me like you can't play me. I'm too smart for this. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. You know? J. Cole got us again. He's got us again. That's, Shout out to J. That's Cole. probably it right there. <laughs> like he can't be played. Yeah. Barberhood, can you tell us a bit about that, Mahi, please? So, Barberhood, Barberhood was founded because uh, Brother Paletti, do you know Paletti? He's a barber from Flaxmere, and he he was the star on that uh, TV and Z program, was he the, the one barber. That, was he the one that... With the F. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh. So, he was um, doing his, like, final episode or get-together for that that episode, and he came up here to Auckland to do it. Mm. Um, and he asked if we could host it at, the, at our shop. Mm. And the amount of barbers that came through um, from Auckland, and this was like the first time it was done, <clears throat> came to our shop. There was like maybe 19, 16 to 19 different barber shops. And then me and um, Letour from Village, Village Collective. So he's oh, the yeah, other yeah. co-founder. Mm. So me and him was at the back and we were talking about... Um, 
when was the last time barbers from Auckland came together? Mm. And we were like, nah, this is the first time. True. Like, this is the first time that I've seen it being in the game. I've only been in the game for, I'm not a barber, but I have a barbershop. Um, I've only been in the game for three and a half years, and I haven't seen it done. And even before that, just going to barbershops, it was never a discussion. Um, and, and the question was, how did this guy from Flaxmere get all these barbers together from Auckland? You know, and they were like, okay, we need to form something um, to bring these barbers, our barbers together. Because one thing that we found was barbershops are pillars in the community. Yes. Mm. And like we mentioned before, barbers are also like therapists. Yo. So if someone came onto your chair and started talking to you about suicide mm. and he was like, bro, tonight, bro, I'm going to kill myself. What is that doing to the barber? You know, what does that do for his mental health? Mm. And how does that barber handle that situation yeah. in terms of what's he going to say to the guy on the chair and how is he going to handle it when he goes home? Yeah. Mm. So it's about giving our barbers the tools to handle those conversations. Mean. And then it's also just, it's duplicating um, what my father's barber has done, what we've done, and just spreading it across mm. um, mm. New Zealand. Obviously, start in Auckland, mm. yeah. bringing Auckland together, um, trying to remove ego, because that's one of the biggest things is removing ego. So everyone who's in barberhood, once they come in, they pretty much understand that it's a safe space. Mm. And what I mean by safe is that you can practice being yourself. You mm. don't have to be anyone else but yourself, mm. and you're accepted for who, who you want to come as, mm. you know. So that's pretty much it. If I did explain it in there, yeah, yeah, no, you did. I just, yeah. I love that you, um, yeah, I love that you talked about like how important the role of the barber is, mm. because more like a lot of times we people don't have access to therapy, but men go to barber shops like, and that's their space where yeah. they feel safe enough to talk about you know, issues that are affecting their lives. Mm. Talk about anything. Yeah, talk about yeah. anything. And I didn't even see it that way as well. I didn't know that, yeah. you know, the men used barbershops as a place to, like, go and offload or things like that. So it's pretty fuzzy to it, it's just, find out. just like the hairdressers. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. When, when women go do their hair, yeah. like, they just let it out, you mm. know? Yeah, what is it? We, for some work we did last year, we'd interviewed a hairdresser, and they were like, you have that person coming in, feeling real low or whatever, mm. but getting to know that per the person on the chair, and when you you know when you finish the cut, you finish the job, they leave feeling like almost a completely different person. Mm. Yeah, and that's exactly what barbers do. Mm. Obviously, I haven't been to a barber in a long yeah. time, mm. but uh, might be time for me to come pop through, in. For, pop in for a cut sometime this year if it's. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that's completely And shout out to the barbers at the shop too. Like, mm. yeah. for, for me, like, because I do other stuff other than being in the barber shop, and because I have a team behind me that I can trust, and like it's solely taking care of itself. Like, the boys just look after everything. I, I don't have to worry. I, I, it gives me time to go and do other stuff, mm. which I got a shout out to the boys. Barber Max and Cam's, um, they're, the, they're the barbers that are there now, and our other brothers that just left is Baba Inoa, Baba Leo, and uh, Big Baba Mo. Oh, nice. 
Shout out to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason why they left, so Baba Leo's moved back to Australia. Mm. Um, Big Baba Moyes left to pursue another goal of his. So he started with us two years ago and he wanted some growth mm. in barbering. Mm. But he he grew as a as a man and he also grew in a different lane. So I don't even know if I'm allowed to announce it on here, but um, he's going to go open him up a restaurant in Papakura. Oh, I love nice. that. So he had Me. no thought... He had no thought of that coming to our shop. Right. And then we encouraged him. So what our barbershop does as well is we encourage you to pursue your your passion, mm. you know. And even if uh, even if you don't know what it is, we encourage you to do your best in whatever lane you're in. Mm. And from that lane, something will come. Yep. Mm. So when Moy came for growth as a... As a um, Oh, Moy, bro, I hope I can tell your story. <laughs> so he came He came to, to obviously grow as a barber and, and obviously in managing and stuff like that. But he was also side hustling as a, not even side hustle, he was barbecuing as a passion. Mm. Then that passion grew into a side hustle mm. and then opportunities was presented and now he's... Are these wow. the smash burgers that I've yep, seen on your store? Man, I want to try yeah. that. We should go try it we out. We need big to try it out. Mo, big, big smoke and mo. So he was big... Baba Mo retired now from the barbering industry and now he's big smoking. Mo. Big smoking. Wow. So he's one of the boys that that's um, left and then also um, Baba Inoa, he's leaving to do youth work. Oh, so man. he's coming. Yeah. So, so, cool. so he's coming and do some yeah. stuff. And, mm. Man, that's a mean testimony to your work. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's like Baba Mux. Well, it's same as Baba Mux. He, he's got this thing called men to cut or mental cut. So it's all about the men, the men, like, I don't know if I'm going to do it justice by explaining it, but it's all about the haircut mm. and it's all about sitting with the guy. But he goes into rehabs and he works with um, high-profile criminals. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These are the ones that are, you know, the only way you can come back into society is coming through re rehabilitation. Mm. You know? So he's doing that work. And then we got cams. Like Cam's, he started off with us as a 17-year-old. Hope I can tell your story also. Um, <laughs> but he started off as a, as a blood and he was repping hard. Yeah. You know? And then he did this post on Instagram where he crossed out the C when he wrote something. Yeah. Um, which we all know. That's yeah. just how yeah. it works yeah, yeah, in yeah. that culture. And then I pulled him up on the next day. I just said, also, you have to remember who those crips are because those crips are our usos as well. Mm. Yeah. So what you're doing is when you... What you're doing is you're standing on them to put yourself higher. Mm. So it's like, because he was only 17, he's still learning. So yeah. um, I said, what you're doing is you're standing on our brothers to put yourself higher. Even though they're a crypt, the culture is, yes, that's how mm. it is. But you don't need to stand on anyone. To, mm. yeah. if, if anything, you have to pull someone up to yeah. you. Yeah. you know? So the next day when he posted, he wrote a K. And for me, that was growth in those first you know, mm. and you should see Cam's now. So he's a, he's a father. He's wow. settled down, and he's he's focused on his barbering. But he's gonna, he's also a subcontractor to our shop, which mm. makes him a businessman. Yep. So what we try and do, and the, and the structure that we have out at our shop or within two seven five, is we encourage you to be your own business, mm. which which allows you to have more of the money. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. Yes, so I know what you mean. So uh, uh, 
so that's his route now. So he's mm. going down that route of learning about subcontracting right. and just being his own business. Yeah. Because that's just the way things the things go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm not trying to highlight or or trying to toot our horn of two seven five, but it's the culture that we have there, mm. and it's the and it's about surrounding yourself with people that want to do better and be better. Yeah. Mm. Because if, if Cam's left our shop, who knows? Oh, he, he, he could be a billionaire by now. Who, who knows? <laughs> mm. But he is better now and he's growing now than when he first started. And that's all our team, including myself, yeah. from when I first started it. You know, so. Yeah. And then we're just putting that with Barberhood mm. and just linking up with other barber shops who just want to do better. And if one thing you notice about barbers, barbers, I can pretty much say that all barbers or 99% of all barbers are good people. Because mm. mm. who wants to touch someone every day and be in their space? Yeah. You know, people can't do that. And yeah. not everyone's cut out for it. So these barbers have qualities that not everyone have. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's about highlighting those qualities and just bringing it all together. And something I don't know. Yeah. Well, what is it? Just tying it to this, um, you know, because you work in the community. Not only with you know the amazing work that you do with two seven five and with Barberhood. Um, I remember seeing back when it was like hardcore Tosamoa season that you guys needed you know, extra funds for for fan zone that you guys mm. were putting together. Mm. And we'll just, you know, base that loosely onto this next question that I have here is that and not saying that you didn't that you got less than legitimate funds for it, right? But community a lot of times communities have immediate needs mm. that need to be met. And what is what are your thoughts on say money that is less than legitimate serving the needs of the community you know mm. kind of like how was it American Gangster when yeah. Frank Lu yep. Lucas was like handing out Christmas hams or Christmas turkeys to people like Pablo Escobar yeah. <clears throat> and Escobar. like you know in the hood we don't wait if yeah. something needs to happen and whether it's like a family event we like okay let's go search money whether it be our wider family or other ways and sometimes going through usual processes, whether it be the banks, the yeah. governments, takes a while. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on mm. so sort of like the Robin Hood, Robin yeah. Hood concept. Yeah. So if you think about it, you have to ask the question: Why are they? Why are they helping? Because mm. there's no one else helping. Mm. Yeah. So there's obviously a gap <coughs> here yeah, that, that our gangsters, our drug dealers, and our hustlers are filling mm. yeah. you know so can you like for myself um i'm not promoting selling drugs but i'm promoting on how the money is spent afterwards mm. you know because if say for example if they don't do it and they don't sell that person who's buying the drugs is still gonna buy drugs from somewhere else mm. but that someone else isn't putting the money back in the community Right. He's probably just going to spend it on himself on a new Maybach Benz or something. Mm. You know what I mean? So I can't, I can't really fault what's happening after they do the transaction. Mm. But I support anyone who does good. 
Mm. You know what I mean? But in saying that, because I myself, I hardly talk about this, yeah. but I myself, I used to slang in my time. But now that I've stopped, I've done a lot more for myself and I've grown a lot more for myself and done more than I ever did. Because when you're slanging, it's fast money, bro. Yeah. It's money come, money go. Like, you can, you can just go out for dinners every night. You can mm. go out for breakfasts every night. You know, like, money come, money go, living that easy money life. Mm. And your creativeness goes with it. Mm. And that's what I've learned, that if you get pushed into a corner where you have no money, yeah. and then you're, then you're forced to think with your brain, how do I get it? And if you're hustling, bro, if, if, if you're hustling, you know how to make money, which means you know how to make money in all paradigms mm. other than selling drugs. But you just got to believe in yourself to stop selling drugs and believe that you know how to make money elsewhere. Because the concept, the concept of selling drugs is business. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's transferable skills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's all it is. That's For what real. I've always thought. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, if, if you can make mad money, like, selling you could do really well in business. Like in business, yeah. like legal business, there's a lot of barriers, like the contract signing, registering your business, um, and all these processes, it's hard. But you, I feel like there is good that can come from it, even though the taxes go out. Mm. But if, if the G's were like to like bring their transferable skills yeah, like, into real business, they would do really, really well. You learn, yeah. how to, you learn how to handle pressure. So depending on where you are ranked in selling. Mm. So if you owe someone money, that means you've got a deadline. And if you meet your deadline, that's a transferable skill that yep. you've met deadlines. Yeah. And that's what business is all about, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. meeting deadlines. But the key to business, or the, the, the number one thing to business is supply and demand. Mm. Yeah. You know, so mm. rather than supplying and demand on drugs, it's like, okay, what's a demand that's out there? Mm. Yeah. Okay. How do we, how yep. do we meet that? Meet the supply yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's, all, that's all it is. That's all businesses, supply and demand, mm. you know, solution to a problem. Mm. That's all it is, you know. Exactly. So I believe that all of us as polys, it's in us because mm. we got that Polynesian ingenuity to make something out of nothing. Mm. You know, you can, re, you can word it in many different ways, but at the end of the day, we all know how to just create. Yeah. You know, we're creators. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And just like tying but, that in, yeah. But but yeah. back to that. Sorry, back to that question about the drugs yeah. and the Robin Hood concept. Robin Hood was was he a good dude or a bad dude? Great yeah. good dude. <laughs> it depends on which side of the coin you yeah, stand it, on. It depends mm. on how you look at it. Yeah. But for me, I'm optimistic, so I always look at the positive. Mm. And just like what I said before, I'm not going to talk down on any of my brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, to make me look good if anything i'm going to encourage these brothers to transition right you know mm -hmm. yeah. take those skills that you're learning take that money that you're getting and learn how to make it into good money you know? mm -hmm. that's all mm. i think that's a very humble approach a very humble approach and um i wanted to just talk about you know you guys have been doing a lot of community work for especially with the floods that's been happening in yeah. auckland and have you been seeing that like that gap that you're talking about where families need something but it's been hard for the council government agencies to make happen have you been seeing that in your experience um what i've seen is mm. just like what you have seen with the mayor wayne brown mm. <laughs> is 
he <laughs> he said he blamed his bad decisions on his advisors. Yeah. Yeah. So the problem there was is he waited, and you take it back to what you're talking about before. We don't wait. So the problem with the system and the way the government works is they all wait for someone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. Yeah. Like mm. the 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 floods has happened. And like, how long did it take before anyone reacted? Like at a, at, at at a government, the yeah. yeah, I yeah. think it was two days. Yeah. But we were fortunate enough that we did have some local councils or some local people that made it happen. I think it was Alf that pulled some strings uh, with the Mangere Oruhu local board, you know? So, Shout yeah. out Alf. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Alf, you should have a rest. <laughs> <laughs> and I know some of the battles that you've had with the... Yeah, with the local board as well. Like, board. man, like, like, we've, I've had some issues with them, um, but everything's been put to the side. So in the time of crisis, yeah. like, everyone comes together. Yeah. Mm. And it should be like that all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. My goal, so obviously, I don't know if anyone knows out there, 275, we're also a 275 clothing brand. Yeah. Mm. So 275 clothing is a clothing brand of Mangere, and we want to be the official clothing brand of Mangere. There are other clothing brands out there, but we want to be the official clothing brand. The reason why is because the profits that we make from that brand of 275, we try and put it back into the community. If I create this brand that people want to support, that money comes from our community yeah. and then it goes back out to the community. So mm. it's like a, you know, the concept of FUBU, for us, by us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the mm. same thing, but Me. it's 275. Yeah. Then hopefully we create um, influence to inspire other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Fitz, we've discussed a lot about the work that you do in the community and the amazing work that 275 has done and, you know, with Barberhood. I feel like I'm repeating myself from earlier, but anyway. Um, there's this example that I had seen online and, I, and I'm kind of down with it because it also ties a lot into what's happening here in, here in Auckland or New Zealand, you know, with all the ram raids and stuff going on. So... There's this hypothetical idea that if Batman, Bruce Wayne, didn't tool himself up with all these crazy gadgets and, you know, the Batmobile and all that sort of stuff, if he had taken that money that he used to hear around and punch poor people and, you know, all that sort of stuff, if he took that money, if he took that money and invested it in social programs that could help lift Gotham out of poverty and crime and all that sort of stuff. It would do a lot more than him being Batman. Mm. You know, it would do a lot more. It would benefit the community more. So what are your thoughts on these people, organizations that sit on funding instead of using it to help benefit the community? Mm, good question, brother. What like you make me think for? So, repeat the question one more time. So, what do I think about the people who sit on this funding? Yeah, who sit on funding? Like, because you've recently been approached by 
yeah. you know, a, a, an, an organization that's got funding and be like, look, these guys are doing amazing work. Yeah. Here you go. So I, I have I have nothing against these people who sit on funding because one thing that I've noticed or seen is that the funding is there to be given out, mm. but people aren't applying for the funding. And... Or lack of access. Lack, lack of no, access. access. Lack of access. access. So what do you mean by that? Like so, like so, say like, if you didn't know that the funding yeah, was there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the money is there. There's money there, and it's there to be given out. Because you got to understand that if I've been given ten million to give out as a funder, and I don't give out that ten million, it's going to be cut next year, eight million. Mm. And then if I don't do that, so my job as a funder is to give out that money. So the problem is not the funders giving out the money, it's the um, access and the knowledge about where to get the funding. Um, and I, but I also think that's also part of the process for us to not get the funding. Yeah. You know, because if you know, it's it's those. If you know, you know. If you're if you're a funder and your friend owns um, a business, you're gonna give it to your friend first. That's how um, one of those big um, Salvation Army in that. Yeah. Mm. So they get allocated <coughs> funding before it even opens up. Mm. You know? And that's a who you know thing. Mm. It started as a who you know thing. And now because Salvation funding, uh, Salvation Army has been going on for years and they've proven themselves. I've seen how people get funding, for example, 10,000, and they've allocated it to the community but they somehow only give 2K to the community mm. and give 8K for their own pockets. Mm. That's how the funding game works. And for us that are coming through, we've got the heart. Yeah. And yeah. that's why all the funding that we get will go back. Yeah. So I would say that we just need access. Mm. So if you, guys, uh, um, if you guys get funding or you guys apply for funding, mm. then you should let your, let your people know hey, there's some funding out here. Yeah. Because I know there's organizations that act like it's their money already. Yeah. And they don't even... They don't <laughs> even call you. Funding gatekeepers, eh? Yeah, They're gatekeepers, like, first stop like, acting like it's coming even, out of your bank account or yeah. something. Yeah. They don't even tell you, like, they don't even tell you there's, like, go for this funding. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and that's that'll be the issue. It's not yeah. really the fund holders. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah. Speaking of access, like, we did this thing... Um, with Foundation North where we were like given money to help give to like the communities in South Auckland and like a group of us came together and we're like man like it's we talked about accessibility and how Mm. hard it is for like people to even apply Mm. and I just feel like a lot of the processes for funding right now um we found that who wants to write five pages Mm. you know worth of writing who who can write these five pages or ten mm. pages Yo. like worth of like applications to apply to get funding um who has time to do that mm. uh, a lot of people who need funding actually don't have time mm. and we felt that the processes were just geared towards a certain group of people yeah and it doesn't cater towards everyone like the community yeah and so we talked about how we were just like i feel like more com- like funders actually need to go out into the community yes. see what's being done in the community and go and give funding to them. Like, yep. that's yeah. their job. Exactly like what Te Hapai done with yes. us. Exactly. They didn't like, have exactly to fill out anything. That's just why gave I was like, you're so lucky. Yeah. Like, you're actually so lucky. And we went to our Blue Wave team. 
went to a consultation with the Otara local board and they asked literally everyone who was there, a bunch of lovely people mm. um, who were social workers, like, you know, they work in that space. And they asked us, how can we improve our system? And I was like, well, can you make the application process verbal? A yeah. video presentation, something that we can present as Pacifica mm. people mm. were um, visual learners, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then they were like, sorry, we can't do that. It has to be the written process. Yeah. So I think it'll be a long time until governments and these organizations can actually accept mm. that there should be a different way of approaching funding. Mm. But right now it's writing, budget, and how great your project is on paper. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I totally get where you're coming from, and yeah. the community have expressed their concern as well. Like, we have our projects, we can present it in this way, just not in the way you want it yeah. to look. Crazy. Because I know, like at the moment, we are applying for funding, and that's with Foundation North. That's our first proper full process. Mm. Yeah. And we actually got help. Nice. From, so Foundation North have, I don't, I don't know what their titles are, but they actually help you with the funding process mm. to make sure that we've filled it out correctly. Yes. And, like, it's hard work. Yeah. yeah. But can I just work. say Foundation Auth is really helpful? They're good. Yeah. In my experience with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they are. I actually yeah. love them. I've been really dealing helpful. with um, Albert, Albert Scott. Oh, that's oh, my cousin. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actual, oh. Yeah, he's my first cousin. Are we LDL connections now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to cut the spots. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's been working with us to get it done because Mean. that that one there that we're applying for is two seven five day. So, oh no yeah, way! Two seven five day. That's that's the one that we really want to. Cause you did one. Um, I came to it last year. Yeah, we've done three so far. Yeah. Started in our barber shop, and in twenty twenty, and then twenty twenty one, it grew to the Mangere East uh, Mangere mm. Art Center, and we um, collabed with uh, Rep FM on that one. That mm. was the Young Entrepreneurs. And then we did it, the third year was last year, and that was in the courtyard. That was amazing. Mm. Yeah. So this year, we want to do it in the, um, regardless, like, uh, like what, I tell, what I tell people, funders and that, like, regardless if you're going to give us the money, this initiative is going to happen. Like, yeah. we don't, like, we don't rely on funding. Mm. Like, mm. it's in our culture. We can make things happen. Yeah. Can so, I just add something? Sorry, this is... Um, I have a lot to say no, about no, funding. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know how you said it's gonna happen regardless? Yeah. On some on certain fundings I've seen across, you have to prove that it can't happen without funding to get the funding. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah, well like that's a barrier in itself. Yeah, well yeah. Obviously I'm gonna tick the box that says it's gonna go regardless. <laughs> like I'm not gonna because yeah. if you if you if you lie on the application, yeah. you're a sellout. Yeah, yeah, you know, true, So you don't want to sell out. And yeah. one of our core values is integrity. So you've got mm. to make sure you do things properly. And, you know, what? Yeah. are you going to buy me? You mm. know? So that's what I mean. Regardless if we get it or not, shout out to Albert because he really wants us to make this happen. And it's going to happen. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to happen regardless. 27th of May? 27th of the 5th. We'll be there. 275. I'll be there. So the whole concept of that is... Bringing Mangere together and highlighting all the positives of Mangere. Oh. So it's about bringing out all the local businesses that are nice. in Mangere. So it's like an expo, so people know who's who. Mm. And it's about letting those businesses, it's businesses and community working together. That's a line that I just got off Butterbean this week. Shout out to Butterbean as well. Shout out to Butterbean. community working together, which which was putting some words to what I'm already doing. Yeah. Um, and it's about, so basically the community uh, the businesses coming out from Mangere, so our community knows 
who's the businesses in Mangere and where to support. Wow. But then it's also those businesses knowing who's out in the community to put some of your profits. Like we're not mm-hmm. asking for what one percent of your profit from business from eight hundred businesses is a lot because there's eight hundred and I think eight hundred and fifty something registered businesses in Mangere. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? that's a lot. Yeah. So if we all gave one percent of our profits, yeah. To two seven five foundation to put back into the community, then you know, yeah, that would be and cool. then it's solely reliant on our people. So, yeah. say for example, if we gave the money to the foundation and the foundation opened a youth hub in Mangere, mm. that youth hub is solely funded by Mangere locals, mm. you know. But mm. that's the whole concept of two seven five day creating the platform for artists to come mm. and perform. Because there's a gap in the entertainment for sure as well. Mm, yeah. There's the starters and then there's the performers. Where's all the where's all the platforms in the middle yeah. to get you to this level? So exactly. yeah, two seven five days one of them. And then we do a two seven five live in our barber shop to help people go live. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's two seven five day anyway. Can I just tie back sure. to my earlier question with the Batman thing? Yes. Mm. Just with all the crime and the ram raids and everything that's been happening and, you know, we can all cough it up to, you know, the increased price of living and all this post-COVID nonsense that's been going on. Yeah. What? How do you think we can best prevent... Um, how, how do you think we can best prevent ram raids from happening or, you know, minimise them? Because... You know, we keep hearing from politicians about the tough stance or the crime that they're going to have depending on which party you're on and all of this stuff that's all going to come forward from, you know, from an election year. But as someone who lives and breathes mm. the community, mm. what gaps do you think need to be filled in in order to prevent ram raids from happening or to minimise all of these crazy crime sprees? That's a good question, bro. And that's a big question too. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. a, and it's one of those things, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Mm. Because what causes ram raids? Is it poverty or is it because kids are bored? Yeah. You know? So it's a it's a it's a massive thing. Like you can't just pinpoint one thing yeah. and then that's the answer. Exactly. Like yeah. it's a whole massive thing that we all gotta work together and it's also generational. Mm. It doesn't happen. In one in one generation, like in my lifetime, crime isn't gonna stop mm. unless we all work together, so we can raise our children properly, so they raise their grandchildren, and then it just carries on like that, so that when we're gone, three generations in, they only know good, yeah. you know. But if it, if we're not sort of working on helping those here now to be better or or to even just see the light, you know, mm. then it's it's just going to carry on generation after generation. So we could repair five kids here, which might fix, you know, their generations, but there's other yeah. people. So it's a real massive, to me, It's it can be done, but it's going to take work, Yeah. you know. Mm. Or we could just, or just pack up, leave the city, go to, go create, <laughs> A farm out in the Wops yeah. create our own create our own yeah. laws of sovereignty and common law and live like that. I'm keen common, on that. Common law is <laughs> like common law and living in sovereignty, you just live by I think three or four things. It's don't um don't damage people's property, uh stand in honor 
that let your yes be yes and your no be no and don't hurt people. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Let's do it. I yeah. was like, let's go. <laughs> I'm keen. Sign me up. This because, world is dry. Because this is, a, this is not a rabbit hole, but this is also truth. It's about sovereignty under God, right? Mm. So when, you, when we are all born in this world, we're born as a sovereign being mm. under God. Mm. But the minute that we sign the birth certificate, birth certificate, it's actually a registration to put ourselves into the system, then we're governed by a government. Mm. Therefore, right. we're not under God, we're under the government. And then we're all following maritime law, which is the government law. Mm. Like this can all be searched up. Like if well, it's, a, it's a massive thing, but if you look up those two things, you can... Mm. Well, we're all governed under King Charles. Yeah. Okay, because King Charles... Whoever's the reigning sovereign of England doesn't have a passport because all the all the passports are issued in their name. Yeah. Yeah. So sovereignty means mm. that you're sovereign to the land under mm. God. So mm. what gives King Charles the right to be sovereign under God and we go under him? Yeah. You know? We haven't committed any crimes. Why are you treating us like we're going to commit crimes? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you following maritime law is you abiding and getting being in contract with that law mm. you know so this is a whole nother topic that you can yeah. look up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know maritime <laughs> law common law sovereignty and strawman if you want to start this journey about learning the system jump on youtube and look up who is your strawman or what is your strawman right so your strawman is your birth certificate and when you're born you're actually signing yourself over to the crown and that's your registration so our parents didn't know this remember you only take it back two three hundred years there was no birth certificate mm -hmm. so the system's all new so you mm. imagine how we all lived before right. before the system yeah you know yeah and i think it'll be hard for people because this is all we know is yeah, the yeah, system know. Yeah. yeah so my mum was born in it mm. therefore she registered me i was born in it but if we don't get taught it then we're never gonna know Mm. You know? sure. So we only know what we know, and that so other stuff, history books being burned, you know. So who whose story gets told? The Victorian or the, yeah. the, winner, the winner of the war? They always yeah. So, yeah. You know, like it's, there's so much. Yeah. For sure. Was that library that got burnt down? Was it? I can't remember. Was it like Alexander? Oh, the Library of Alexander. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was always wondering. I was like, yeah. man, they I wonder what that, info yeah. that was in they that library. That, that what the burning of the Library of Alexander set humanity back many centuries. Yeah, mm. you know, because of just all the knowledge that was kept in there. That's lost and gone forever. Oh well, mm. it is what it is. Mm. And. And if it was who burnt it? Last question. Uh, um, <laughs> well, the question is, is it burnt? Like, <laughs> is it burnt? Yeah, like <clears throat> you can't take history for what it was. So yeah. history, when oh, you break right, it right, down, yeah. is yeah. his story. Yeah. So it's about him telling his story. And who's him? Yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's the victor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if you look at it, if you, you know, you can look at it like, man, what did we lose and all that sort of stuff. But if you look at it like this, like if it was discovered once, it could be discovered again. Right, right. We just got to find out what was... We will never find out what was lost, but we can rediscover it. I, that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, nah, that's... Cool.
I'm going to do a lot of uh, YouTubing and research tonight. <laughs> Keen yeah. as, but thank you so much Sorry for coming on our topic. show. No, you're, no, right. you're all good, yeah. honestly. Thank you. Um, such a good conversation. I feel like there's going to be so much value in the wisdom that you've given us today. We really appreciate it. Um, I can definitely tell from this one conversation that I've had um, with you, you come from a very humble background and you're willing to push like our communities to new to new lengths. So thank you so much. Um, is there any last words that you wanted to share with our, our audience? Um, I just want to say thank you to you three for inviting me here um, and for, yeah, for giving me the opportunity to speak and share my, my opinions, share my knowledge. Um, but probably the last thing I would like to add is um, to, our, to everyone who's got parents, um, Respect your parents, you know? Like, there, there's so much last words. It's like, oh, yeah, hustle hard, hustle yeah. hard, mm. nothing. But nothing will come to you unless you look after your parents. You know, call your parents. Call them, tell them, you say, say you love them. Like, because um, I'm a parent. My daughter's 19, um, and I've been 19. You've been 19. But then you get to a so, sort of time in your life where you're busy you know, just trying to hustle and grind, hustle and grind. But in reality, at the end of all of this, you're, you're hustling and grinding so you can spend more time with your family. Mm -hmm. You know, so don't let your hustle and grind take you away from what you have right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, call your parents, you know, and love them and just be good. Be good children. Oh, and be good parents. Taya Manuia, good morning. Mm -hmm.